Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All Simple recorded man. in Muscle Simple Shoals. Man. Pretty fantastic. That, that freaking song, Simple Man. Like, oh, don't let me think too hard about things. That's bullshit. You know, uh, it's great. Let me just say something. So let me just say something. You're oh, in a lot of trouble, just... man. You have exited your <laughs> role on this podcast. You a are. Week, literally two weeks ago, you were like, I don't get Elvis. That's a thing you said. <laughs> and, and now here you are. You're like, I don't understand Simple Man. I'm too complicated. I'm a complex person. I am. I understand being a simple kind of uh, man. Me. Dig, I do. I'm going to be in. the new voice of the people. 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys. computer the master of technology is what i am uh jeff simons we haven't had a weather report uh in berkeley california in a long time what do you got well it was been sunny for three days in a row for the first time since new year's eve okay so everyone's thrilled it's still cold it's weird it was 38 this morning Woo! the high today was 55 it has not gotten above 60 degrees in 2023 yet so um that California living is not uh, is not with us. I'm solo parenting this week because oh. the uh, the uh, missus has moved to much sunnier climes for the week and is having a lovely time on vacation with her mom. So B and I are are uh, living the living the dream. All right, so we've been having Sounds a good old great. time. Uh, yes, ben, ben Barton, how is Knoxville? Lovely. It was 86 degrees today here in your Knoxville, Tennessee. And I can report that um, Georgia, my youngest daughter, who is at Reed College in Portland, when I asked her about the weather, she said, it's been funny. It's been hailing a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think it's even worse in Portland than it is. Wow. The West Coast. The West Coast has sucked all winter. Everybody from San Francisco North is just miserable. Well, I'll tell you what, it. It's been 98 degrees. The sun is beating down. The cotton is high because we're in the deep south, gentlemen. Mississippi, <laughs> Alabama. What is that? Some pecan pie? I will have a slice. You're <laughs> coming up as a That's super the intro. That's it. The pecan pie. I was, I was trying to, yeah, I was well, thinking of really some delicacies. Off as a, like authentic deep south guy. <laughs> it's they're dead bad. So. Well, it's funny. You go to websites like interesting things about Alabama, interesting things about Mississippi, and they say um, southern hospitality, cotton, and the civil rights movement. Seems like there's something, there's a step missing in there. So they're missing bull weevils. I believe there's a lot of bull weevils in that cotton you have to watch out for. Ah, so. uh, well, I pine seen... trees. There's that whole area, Alabama, that's just nothing but pine trees. That's that right. That's right. Uh, Alabama pines, indeed. Uh, well, we're excited to share with you our research and our excitement about 
Alabama, Mississippi, maybe a little rural Arkansas, rural Louisiana. Dip your toes in there, gentlemen. I You go where you want to go. Uh, but first things first, Jeff Simons, did you have some gigs with our good friend Rich Price? I did. I uh, I opened for the Sweet Remains last Thursday night Let's at the go. venerable Sweetwater Mill Valley. Played a solo show for the first time in, uh, I don't know, 15 years or something like that. Ooh. So that was pretty wild. Gentlemen, I played music I've forgotten for you, and uh, oh, I, uh, yeah, did, did the I gypsy to, make an appearance? Uh, the, I sang the bridge just like you like it, yes. and uh, I will get a recording to you. So that song's back in the mix. If you didn't ask us to come out and do the penny whistle, you couldn't get him to, <laughs> to do the recorder with you. You could have done the harmonica, and then I actually sat in for the whole Sweet Remains set. I played. Uh, I played all their whole show Thursday night, and then I went down to Saratoga and sat in with them on Saturday night as well. So I got to play oh, two full that's great. sets that's with them. Awesome. They are they are in their usual spectacular voice, and at Mill yeah. in Mill Valley because Rich was in front of some hometown friends. They got they got loose with the stories, and it it was very fun. They were very funny, and awesome. uh, got to play with this great drummer Todd, who's just uh, um, we were we were a, quite a mighty rhythm section. If I if I could toot my own horn for a second, so we had a great time. They're coming back out in september and i'm hoping to sit in with them again then so so good I think, stuff I, I think it's time for the the sweet remains to have a southern tour do the yeah, Asheville, well, you know, knoxville it's funny you, um they're on tour in your old neck of the woods this coming week timmy and they had five shows planned and they had to cancel the Uh-oh. situate show what what because of the barbiturates they did not cancel <laughs> situate because of drug use but um uh, they, uh, I think everybody from Situate decided to go to the Boston show the night before. So oh. like, we might be saturating the market. Just, but they're oh. playing Northampton and Boston and one other uh, New England gig. But well, yeah, if you're out that. there and you're in the New England area, go see my friends, the Sweet Remains. They are, uh, they are really impressive three part harmony singer. Like all three of yeah. them really sang your asses yeah. off. Really remarkable. Great. Well, we've got uh, we've got an awesome, awesome song for you all to get to the music because we're arriving in the deep south. I don't know if we're flying into Biloxi or we're driving into Oxford. I, I don't know, but we're going to listen to a song, gentlemen. And um, I have a question for you before we play the arrival song. Does the arrival song for this section of the country have to be Sweet Home Alabama. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say no as well. I, I, I mean, I'm you can choose Sweet Home Alabama. It doesn't have to be that. Because my daughter said it has to be Sweet Home Alabama, and I was like, kind of tired of that song, kind of racist. I don't want it. And she said, No, you have to take the bad with the good. That is the anthem of the Deep South. There. Okay. My Coming daughter's love Sweet Home Alabama. And honestly, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Here it comes, gentlemen. One, two, three.
Yeah. All right. We like Leonard Skinner. Oh, well, Ben, had, Ben I've loves. Previously chosen. Ben loves I know. Leonard I was. Skinner. I. I wasn't I have, ready I have to a talk conf- to you about I have, that. I have conflicted <laughs> feelings about Leonard Skinner in this song in particular because you grew up in Maryland. You're right on the edge of that Southern thing, right? Like half of Maryland is New England facing, yeah. or like Mid Atlantic facing, and the other half of Maryland is if Sherman had just <laughs> held the line in North Carolina, we'd be a free like there. And so that Sweet Home Alabama was one of those litmus tests. Like I'd be at a party and I knew some people and not other people. And that song would come on. And then all these folks would, and you'd be like, oh, oh, like all these folks would reveal so much about themselves based on the reaction to Sweet Home Alabama. So I actually enjoy it way more in California when I'm not in the midst of it as a rallying cry for a particular point of view than Uh I did when I was a kid. But the song is undeniable is there any other three chord dun dun bang a dun gun gang that um forces you to bob your head in rock and roll history i'm not sure there is ben how does a brooklyn boy come to this song oh dude i went through a whole um southern classic rock stage where this was like <laughs> front and center on that and humorously i heard the opposite thing to jeff did you know that this is the unofficial song of the university of alabama now is that right this is their rocky top Oh, uh, that makes the sense. University of Tennessee has an actual song that's like right. our beloved hill or something like that that's unlistenable. <laughs> but then yeah. we also have Rocky Top, and yeah. they're transitioning Sweet Home Alabama into their actual fight song. Um, it's a problem. <laughs> you know what's funny? I always got confused too. Like I miss old Bammy once again, and I think it's a sin. When I first heard it, I was like, "Yeah, good for you for." feeling bad about missing Alabama, but I uh, don't think that's what he means. I think he it means, just works. Uh, and I think it's a sin that I'm not there, but he doesn't oh, no, sing no, no. that part. No, no, no. I think it's both. I think he's, there is, a, there is a, a bittersweetness to it. There's a, there's a arguing both sides of it. That's what I think. You do. Uh, I think oh, that's yeah, generous. Totally. Well, I haven't liked Leonard Skinner since, um, the free birds took on the Von Ericks in, uh, professional wrestling that was they, they always <laughs> was played skinner and i was a big von eric guy anyways um i wanted to share oh, wait so hold on one last thing this will oh, yeah. become apparent when i choose my uh my act song place okay this is not recorded at the muscle shoals uh studios tragic to report although it is a love song the dudes and skinner have described it as a love song to muscle shoals uh can you name some of the Skinner songs recorded a Muscle Shoals. Ooh, I didn't even know that they had recorded there. Oh, dude, they recorded Skinner's first and Skinner's first and last. Oh well, then um, Tuesday's Gone, Freebird. Yeah, uh, oh, I can't remember what else is on that first record. They're all huge hits, but Freebird that record. Give me yeah. three steps. Give me three steps. Man. All Simple recorded man. in Muscle Shoals. Man. Pretty fantastic. That, that freaking song, Simple Man. Like, oh, don't let me think too hard about things. That's bullshit. You know, uh, Jimmy, let me just say something. So let me just say something. You're oh, in a lot of trouble, man. You have exited your <laughs> uh, role on this podcast. You are. Week, literally two weeks ago, you were like, I don't get Elvis. That's a thing you say. <laughs> and, and now here you are. You're like, I don't understand Simple Man. I'm too complicated. I'm a complex person. I am. I don't understand being a simple kind of uh, man. Me. Dig, I do. I'm going to be the new voice of the people. 
people. You're yeah, right. the uh, loudest voice of the people. Here's what's unforgivable about Simple Man. It's seven minutes long. That song outstays <laughs> its welcome. Like First the of all, coda that... of that song goes on for a really like, like simple, you're a simple people man like for me, three extra minutes. Simple people like me enjoy that. I want yeah. more. If only it could be longer, then I could contemplate yeah, it. I'm further. sure it could. I'm sure in concert, they stretch Simple Man out to 13, 14 minutes. So. Simple people don't even realize how long it's going on. They're just like, doo, doo, doo. Uh, anyways, on this day, seven years ago, on this day, I went on the Facebook and I posted this message. Jeff Simons and Ben Barton. I'm starting a Tuesday night music club for my two oldest children. We listen to one song per week and talk about its context and its legacy. I was trying to figure out whether to arrange the listening schedule by time period or genre, but I finally decided to rank the songs by the greatness of the artist, which means, you may recall a long car ride in Tennessee, that the Rolling Stones debate must resume. Are they in the top 10? Do they crack the top five? Discuss. Gentlemen, that's the origin. That's the whole thing, right there. That's our origin story, right there. I it, love it. It started on a Facebook post, um, and you both said that the Rolling Stones were number two all time. So that's nice. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty good. Did and you also cracked the top ten. The Rolling <laughs> Stones. You're the best. You know what? That what I love about that post is it reveals what a better parent you are than I am. <laughs> Like I'm organizing sure. a thing and my two children and it'll be a learning moment and it'll be every Tuesday night and we'll yeah. spend this magical time right. together and we'll listen to a yeah. song and I will make, and right now my daughter's in the next room watching Lego City on Netflix <laughs> while I do this podcast before I take her to dinner. There's our two houses in There's like 35 seconds. To watch. Yeah, but look, <laughs> look at us now, seven years later, I dumped them for the two of you. So anyways, all right, let's get to travel facts about alabama oh boy alabama invented the windshield did you guys know that okay <laughs> bugs in alabama they got yeah. sick of picking those bugs out of their teefers for sure <laughs> also the largest peanut producer in the country do you gentlemen like you did peanuts? say you did say peanut did you not do you like you're pronouncing that peanut you having a peanut Okay. Are okay. you Andre the Giant and the Mo Princess Bride? <laughs> <laughs> I believe that uh, about Alabama and peanuts. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mississippi gives us root beer. They invented oh, root beer. Like sarsaparilla, like that kind of original root beer. Uh, Barks root beer is from Mississippi. I, oh, I got nothing more than that. Um, and this is shocking. Uh, the first human heart transplant, Mississippi. And the hmm. first lung transplant. It was the not, same event. Not was when, that's when Uncle Peanut was like, well, maybe I can move it into this. All right, listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 send your cards and letters to Jeff underscore Simons. <laughs> All right, let's get to the literary corner. I know most Ooh, people enjoy nice. the literary corner. Mississippi, on its team, has Faulkner, Welty, and Richard Wright. Alabama, Harper Lee, Truman Capote, Zora Neale Hurston, Walker Percy, 
No, go not either Zora. way. Yeah, I was about to say that. Zora, Zora Florida. Florida. No, Florida. Zora Born in Florida. Alabama. Yeah, but didn't grow up there. Okay. Come well, on, I, you can't get rid of. I need it when you remove her. Then it's then it's. Uh, I know that it's easy. Yeah. I, oh, right, I see. Okay. Well, let's pretend she's there. All right. Still, is it Mississippi? It's still Mississippi. It's still I think Mississippi. so too. Yeah. I mean, I and really like with Cold Faulkner Blood. on Mississippi, and then you went Harper Lee on Alabama. It was the tough. Yeah. Thing. I mean, and I, yeah, I love to it. kill a mockingbird, but that's not that's not Faulkner. Nope. No, I yeah. agree. And Richard Wright is. I love really Richard Wright's. Richard Wright's kind of getting lost in the shuffle, and it drives me crazy because. Richard Wright is some powerful stuff, but he's yeah. not, he's like slipping out of the can and I'm not a hundred percent sure why. Um, but, uh, he's, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's worth people's attention. Those Richard he Wright books great. are something else. He is great. All right. Um, the torture basement. I am here comfortable in my torture basement. Let's see how you guys do. I'm going to give you 15 songs. Oof. I think I went easy this time. So let's say you got to get 12. Okay. I'm a little bummed that Sweet Home Alabama is obviously not on it. I was counting on that as the late, the freebie layup. But I'm trying to figure out, do I try to um, insult you with the final song or like give you something nice with the final song? Uh, and today I went with insult you. But I also have a Sweet Home Alabama insult embedded oh in nice okay well yep. i know what that is then all right here yep. we go <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. North Alabama back in the 1970s when dinosaurs still roamed the earth. Two in a row. Only one thing. Three. I did wrong. Stayed in Mississippi too long. And oh, here's to the land. Four. country to be part of Such a yuck. <laughs> Classic. Ah, oh, song so bad. Way 
wait, wait, wait. I only counted 14. Okay. Well, I didn't oh. count them. Do I say 11 now or 12? Still 12? Or do I go to 11? Well, they're only, we're they're not going to get 12. I don't All think right, we're going to get more than I don't think we're getting more than nine. So oh come on, I'll give All you right. eleven. Uh, All right. Oh wow. I think we're oh. screwed. Oh, you might be okay. Uh, number one. Number one, I I there. What's the name of the guy who was Clint Eastwood's sidekick and um, Burt Reynolds' sidekick and all those stupid like. Clyde, the monkey movies and the Smokey he, and the Bandit movies. What's that guy's that, name? That is not the same person. Not the same person. Two different. Well, who actors. am I thinking of? You're thinking of the singer of that song. Am I? Yes. His name is like Jimmy Reed or or something uh, like that. Like uh, is you Jimmy, got the, it's not Jimmy Reed though. It's something else. Reed. I don't it remember. Is Jerry Reed. It is, is Jerry, it Jerry Reed. Reed? Nicely yeah, done. He did U.S. Yeah. Mail and all those stupid ass. He's like got a I, like a uh, truckload of dumb ass. I like he's guitar man. Come on, uh, yeah. how dare you? All right, all right. Uh, ben Barton, that one? The second one. You got that one. I have no idea. The second one. It's either Unless Shania it's... Twain or um, what's the other really famous female country singer who's married to the other really great country singer? What's her? <sighs> Faith Hill. Is it Janiah Twain? It is Faith I think it's, Hill. I it's Faith, Faith Hill, Hill. Jeff, you are in fuego. Let me take some easy ones. Let me take some low-hanging Go. fruit. Oh my God. Uh, Jason Isbell. Correct. Yep. Drive-by Truckers. Correct. Yes. Bob Dylan. Yeah. Five for five so far, gentlemen. And now then that's Phil That's song. Phil Oaks doing uh, the Mississippi song. Boy, that's right? a rough song. Mississippi Find another country, another to, be country part to be part of. of. Wow. He's part of the Dylan, um, Dave Van Ronk, Greenwich Village yeah. thing. He wrote yeah, I Ain't yeah. Marching Anymore. Oh, I, hey, I like him. My dad's a big Phil Oaks guy. Yeah, he's great. Then, uh, I have no, then I'm lost for a while. I don't know who did the down in Mississippi. I have no idea. Ben, do you got a guess? Number seven? No idea. That was Mavis Staples. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. God, I should have uh, gotten that. I like the sound of it. And then I love whatever this next song is, and I have no idea who it is. So th this is one of those names I know from WKRP in Cincinnati, but I don't <laughs> think I've ever heard a song by this guy. Uh, that is Gary U.S. Bonds. Oh, no way. All right. All right. I like that uh, a lot. And uh, then you've got um, International Nutsack Kid Rock next, which you made us Kid Rock, to. very nice. And the Doobies, right? Back to back. Yeah, yes. I'm, enjoy I'm enjoying that Kid Rock Bud Light handgun video that's going around the internet, really leaving a legacy uh, for himself behind. Oh, God, I haven't seen it. Uh, All right. Yeah, and then Doobie Brothers and then Grateful Dead. All right. And then I don't know the rap song. Uh, ben, um, It is G-Love. And his latest album, Sorry. Mississippi, a uh, friend of the podcast. We will not tell him that that happened. Sorry, G-Love. Nine. So you got to you gotta bring home the last two for the win. Well, we got, I have, okay, I don't I, know. I have a stab on one of them. Go. Is it uh, Conway, Twitter, Twitty, and Loretta Lynn? Yeah, I think <laughs> it it's Loretta Lynn for sure. Nice. Yes. Conway, Twitty, and Loretta Lynn. And the final song, it, I could have chosen Ella Fitzgerald and uh, Louis Armstrong, but I went with a 
different uh, duo, a different. That's a duo. Oh, that's I, a my duo, God. a male female duo. No idea then. I thought it was Rosemary Clooney, but I don't know who it is. Ben? Oh, zero. Nothing. Oh, I guess you guys don't like the movie Elf. Because that was she and him. <laughs> I actually really <laughs> like the movie Elf, and I really like her as Zoe Deschanel, right? Is she, That's she's correct. Yeah, totally. Uh, the M? Is it M. Ward? Is that who the yeah, M is? M. Ward. Yeah. That would have been taking us a while, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> I never would have gotten that. We would have had years. to start guessing out random parts of the alpha, like the alphabet, to get there. <laughs> uh, uh, that's yeah. not bad. But we get ten. You got ten. That's pretty and there good. There were only 10 14, 14, not fifteen. So I counted us and went. I counted us and went. he said there were fifteen. We had to get eleven. One didn't exist. So I'm gonna count that. We put a couple of just random right out of our butt too. So I'm proud. That's of That's fair. Um, all right. Let's see who knows geography. I'm oh, going to mention three cities. You tell me which two are connected by the same federal highway. Birmingham, Alabama, Montgomery, Alabama, and Mobile, Alabama. Which two are connected by the same federal highway? Birmingham and Montgomery. I think, actually, that doesn't Montgomery also go to... to... No, but that's it. 65 connects Birmingham yeah. and Montgomery. I've nice done job. that drive, so yeah. All right, well done. Uh, Shreveport. Baton Rouge and New Orleans, which two are connected by the same federal highway? Shreveport and New Orleans are on I-10. Is that wrong? That is correct. That is incorrect. Baton Rouge and New Orleans are connected by Route 10. Um, And sadly, um, Oxford, Jackson, and Biloxi Biloxi did not um, connect by a federal highway. Sorry. All right. I've let's actually get... done that Louisiana to Baton Rouge. I mean, that New Orleans to Baton Rouge drive. That's embarrassing. Oh, that's too bad. All right. But I do well, know that Shreveport is where the Independence Bowl is held every year, which is usually the first bowl game. So I'm excited okay. about that. Okay. Um, I also want to know, um, so I was looking at uh, TripAdvisor and the top five attractions of each state. Have you guys <laughs> heard of the Mississippi Blues Trail? I have so not, but I imagine got, it's probably they've pretty got cool. Markers all the way through the state, like a hundred markers, and you can just go and follow the history of the blues uh all through Mississippi. Doesn't that sound fun? Like in a yeah, convertible? Awesome. Yeah. Uh <laughs> with a windshield provided by the state of Alabama. That could be great. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Top five um items to visit or places to visit in Mississippi. Number one, the Vicksburg Military Park. You guys going? Okay. No. No. Uh, the USS Cairo Museum. Uh, it was a, a Civil War uh, ship. Anti-any no, got... anti Civil War stuff in Mississippi. Not yeah, right. ben, I've been I've been there. I've been enough Civil War stuff to last a lifetime. So. so what about the Horseshoe Casino? Can't help you. <laughs> yeah. I do actually <laughs> want to go. <laughs> I do actually want to go to Oxford, Mississippi. I have been to Oxford, Mississippi. I went to a football think? game there and also hung out there. Um, I thought Oxford was super extra mega interesting. So on yeah. the one hand, there's this beautiful central square that has one of America's great bookstores. And I've been to Powell's and I've been to the Strand okay. and I've been to the bookstore in San Francisco that's on Knob Hill. I've been to a bunch of famous bookstores. Uh-huh. The bookstore in um, 
in Oxford is fantastic. It's okay. basically bankrolled by the guy who wrote the firm. And it's like Grisham, filled yeah. with Grisham. So it's like it's a nonprofit. He just pays for the whole thing. It's filled with all these signed copies. And anybody has come through oh, is reading there. So fun. Signed copies of books. Super great. There's lovely food. It's a beautiful, beautiful campus. And it's creepy as fuck. It's so creepy there. <laughs> it's so creepy there. Wait, what? Um, what, what happened? Where, why is it creepy? First of all, the fucking football team are the Rebels. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. All yeah. white people in the grove hanging out, getting drunk, and they're all dressed up, and, and it's super weird. And then you go yeah. to the stadium, and it's the rebels, and it's all African Americans paying for playing for no money for these random white people. Um, it's just really tough. I mean, basically, this is going to be the, the situation for both Alabama and Mississippi. The history right. is tough to get over. The history is tough to get over. And part of the reason it's tough to get over is because we're still in the middle of it. You know what yeah, I mean? That's what right. I'm talking like, about. If we were if we were on the far side of this, maybe I could feel a little differently about it. But, but I was. I, I mean, it was super funny. Like I went and I had a great meal. I really enjoyed my time. A professor from the Mississippi Law School showed us around. He's a fantastic guy. And I was still really sick to my stomach after the experience. Like it was upsetting. Well, just yesterday, uh, Mississippi's governor, I can't remember his name, but he he once again declared that April is Confederate History Month in the state of Mississippi. Confederate. It's not even Confederate History Month. It's Confederate Appreciation Month. I was going to say, every every day is Confederate Appreciation Day in Uh, Mississippi. You know how? Yeah, totally. And I'm just trying to explain to my students, we went to D.C. and we're in the Capitol and, you know, each state gets to send two statues to Statuary Hall. And my my students like, well, why? Why is Jefferson Davis here? Like, why does Mississippi in 20 (laughs) fucking 23? Why do they still insist that Jefferson Davis's statue is at our Capitol? In 2023, like you haven't produced Anyone else of note? Well, here's the thing. Your reaction is why they insist on it. Like, there's because I go, I go someone's nuts. listening to this podcast going, because <laughs> yeah. that is exactly yeah. part of well, it's a finger in the eye for sure. Good, but. good for you to like. You remember that really... old joke? Um, like the child comes up to the parents and says, There's a Mother's Day and a Father's Day. Why isn't there a child's day? And the parent says, Every day is child's day. Yeah, that's how I feel about Mississippi's Confederate Appreciation Day. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> there is uh, Luther King Day and Veterans Day, and everybody else is Confederate Appreciation Day. <laughs> well, oh no, no, no! Uh, Martin Luther King Day is also Robert E. Lee Day. That yeah, is not so, true. Oh, I swear to God, it's shared. Come on, I. All right, I'll double check. I'll double check, and I'll, I'll cut it. I'll cut it up. I'm wrong. We're gonna cut all sorts of things from this podcast. Um, all right. So Oxford has a good bookstore, but at the same time, you're a little weirded out. All right, check. Let's go to Alabama, uh, the number one um, tourist destination according to TripAdvisor.com is the USS Alabama. Um, you go get on the battleship, walk around. There's also the Barber Vintage Motorsports Museum. That was number two. Nope, nothing so far. Uh, Did the they have Gulf... any of the cars from the Cars movie at that museum? I would like to meet no, them. That's out, out in Utah. Sorry. <laughs> Luigi uh, only followed the Ferraris. I want to meet that kid. Gulf, Gulf State Park. I'm sure it's beautiful down there on the shore. And finally, uh, the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute there and the National Memorial for Justice and Peace. Uh, ben, have you been there yet? So um, 
I have the great good fortune. My brother actually worked on the yeah. Legacy Museum. And, Did uh, he really? He helped, he helped design some of the exhibits and uh to Brian on it. Yeah, totally. So um, I can highly, highly, highly recommend the Legacy Museum. And then the National Memorial is a separate space. And that's right. uh, super powerful as well. Like cry, crying powerful, Holocaust Museum powerful. Um, one of the things that's most amazing about the Legacy Museum is it's not cheerful at all. And it right. does not have a happy ending. It does not end with look at all the progress we've made. It ends with we're still fighting this battle and the, and limited progress has been made. Um, and so that makes it a tough watch, but a completely worthwhile watch. And also they're not fucking around. Like they make the case. Like they make yeah. the case. Oh, yeah. We went from slavery to Jim Crow to mass incarceration and the same shit's going on today that was going on all the way through it. Um, and it's super powerful. Uh, and it's an amazing mix of first-person uh, dialogue, historical fact, pictures, movies, the whole thing. It's it's incredible. The the and greatest say I've, uh, I'll just say I've seen Brian Stevenson speak twice, and um, I had the good fortune of volunteering in San Quentin and getting to know and actually becoming friends with two formerly incarcerated men who are now working with me at my school. Mm. And... Uh, I would say their life stories and how they ended up in that space and watching what has what they've become given any other opportunity other than the one they were handed based on that legacy. Um, I find his I find that argument profoundly accurate and powerful um, based yeah. on my my experience. So what I loved yes. uh, uh, about that about that uh, memorial and I don't know if your brother had it. <laughs> had a part in this but the idea that those markers that are hanging um have identical markers uh outside waiting for different counties across america uh where lynchings have occurred and, and waiting for the county to come and claim them and say yes this happened in our county and we are going to acknowledge it and have this marker there um to acknowledge this this history of racial violence and thankfully Asheville has has claimed it. Um, but what a powerful idea, because, you know, the holdouts are going to become more and more isolated as time goes by. If they're if they're not going to acknowledge this this history of theirs, um, has Knoxville claimed theirs? Ben, do you know? I remember. India will know. I can't remember. OK. All right. Well, some uh, of those places are too busy celebrating Robert E. Lee Day to to get head over there. So uh, uh, that's going to take yes. me a couple of hours to get over. But yeah. That's a thing. Woo! Okay. All right. Well, let's get to. Uh, oh shoot, we forgot to do um, favorite daughter, uh, favorite daughter or favorite son, the biggest sale, selling star uh, from the Deep South is Britney Spears. I make it impossible for you to cut any of this because I'm going to talk over the Britney song. <laughs> and I just want to dance with you. <laughs> That's creepy right there. Every time you turn the lights down Just want to throw that extra mile for you
like oops i did it again more than that one Personally. okay <laughs> i do i like oops i did uh, it again oops try not to I be an hour from now you're gonna be walking around the kitchen like oops oops i, I did, did it again. again i spilled all the orange juice <laughs> onto the count I, I i narrate my mistakes to that song frequently <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, let's get to our three songs or artists or events. Uh, in the Deep South. Uh, Jeff, we're going back in time with you. So why don't you go first? I think actually I think Ben should go first because he fell on the sword and let he gave me first pick because my first pick was his first pick. OK, so, Ben, I'm going to let you I'm going to let you go for it. Excellent. And I've had limited time to research, so I'm going to count on you to backfill for me. I'll try to do my best. Muscle Shoal Sound. Yeah. Two different, very famous recording studios in Sheffield, Alabama. The first is the Fame Studio, F-A-M-E. And then the rhythm section of the Muscle Shoal Sound left and created their own studio. And it's unclear whether it's the actual first, but they claim to be the first musician-owned studio. And it was called the Muscle Shoals Sound Studio. And then there's a famous address to it. And there's actually a share album named the address. So it's super similar to Stax, where basically this is just a fantastic, unbelievably good house band where they would send artists down there and then come back out with hits. And these guys just laid down the groove super hard. The obvious act the clear act, the number one act to choose is Aretha Franklin. I'm going to choose a really weird song, though. I'm not going to choose Aretha. Uh, you can pick and all of, like, the entire first, the entire I Never Loved a Man is recorded down there. I probably would have chosen the house that Jack built because I think that really sort of oh. features the horns and the band. But that's not what I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose a super obscure Lou Rawls song. Awesome. Bring it on oh, home. Whoa, 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 whoa. Lou Bring Rawls? it on home by Lou Rawls in 2006. And hold on, I'll explain why in a second. Okay. Let Jeff, this is the 2006 oh. remaster, Jeff Lou Rawls. Uh, Bring okay. it on home. I'm on it. So I'm choosing a Lou Rawls song because I don't like Lou Rawls and I consider Lou Rawls to be super cheesy. He sure is. And, <laughs> and that's how freaking good this band is. This is one where you hear the band and you're going to be like, holy crap. Who is that band? So we're going to play the first minute and then Jeff's going to jump ahead to a minute 45 because it starts slow. It kicks in at 45 seconds and a minute 45, you hear the horns and you won't yeah. believe how freaking good these guys carry Lou Rawls. Here we go. Jesus. If you ever... Change your mind about leaving, about leaving me behind. Hey, my baby, won't you bring it on home? Bring your sweet loving. Bring it on uh, home to me. Here it comes. Back where you ought to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring it home to me. If you ever. 
Can I skip to 145? Can you believe that? How fucking good that backing track is? It's amazing. So this is a 63 Sam Cooke song. That's the yes. original famous version of it. Believe it or not, Lou Rawls sang backup on that. Oh, is that backup right? singer on it. That's I, actually, I think this recording so 69 or 70 and it's at yeah. the Muscle Shoals thing. And I just, uh, so that, and there's, there's, uh, there's very similar to the sax things. There's various box sets. One of these box sets has this random, I mean, it's not like Lou Rawls has a limited number of hits anyways. It's this was did not chart. Nope. This is not a well-known song, but can you believe how good that band is? That's nope, band. I actually can't. Love it. I can't believe uh, that comes in. Fire through that. Yeah. So, so uh, the Facebook post from seven years ago that I mentioned earlier had about sixteen comments, and one was from my brother Peter, who said Lou Rawls has to be mentioned in the top ten. Uh, so and and I love the fact that Ben Barton agrees. With my brother. No, I do not agree with that. I don't like Lou Rawls at all. And much of his work is super embarrassing. But I mean, but this, like, that's why I love this so much. Yeah. It's like, it's really easy to choose an Aretha song. And and basically, like, Aretha's vocals and Aretha's yeah. songwriting and everything about Aretha is so unbelievably fantastic. It's hard to pay attention. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to notice how fantastic the band is. Sure. When you sure. hear them on a random Lou Rawls B-side, and they're Woof. just like, <laughs> that's apparently what they bring to all of this. I mean, it's like, wow. you know, it's, it's like Jordan in the 71 season, like just a game after game after game, they're showing up and bringing this performance. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, and also, so the, the, the studio is super famous and, the, and then a, like a bunch of white acts. I mean, the Rolling Stones recorded there. Um, a million acts came and recorded there all the way through to c- current day. Um, it's a little teeny weeny town in Alabama and somehow just this center of, of music and the band's fantastic. That's fascinating. How, how did that a, start? It, and it's just a remarkable story of uh, musicians, open-minded musicians in a very closed-minded place, finding each other and protecting each other. Right. I mean, the, the story of Aretha's career being saved by those guys. Like Aretha was a failed Columbia artist that Atlantic bought for like a nickel. And Jerry Wexler took her to Muscle Shoals in Alabama and put her in this room with all these white guys. And she looked at she looked at her her new Jewish record label producer from Brooklyn and was like, You have got to be out of your mind. You think we're gonna make anything worth it? And three hours later they had a never loved a man. I mean, it's just it's one of those moments where the the hybridic opportunities uh, available to us in art and culture, when we can actually get past the the lenses we've been trained to use to divide ourselves and find common ground, and the world changes. And then once this band has permission to play like that, they'll just play like that, and then they can back up Lou Rawls. And Lou Rawls is the thing in the way on that track. Like Lou he Rose actually sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty he's good. Fine. I like the vocal. He's fine, but like when the horns come in and he's like, "I'm still singing. I'm still <laughs> the one with the name on the record." And the horns are like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had your minute." <laughs> and it's like, blow him off the microphone. Oh, wow, unbelievable! All right, so you're taking us back to 1937, Jeff. I'm going even further back. So, um, oh. the Delta Blues are 
I don't know, like, what, where does rock and roll start? Most people now agree that it's the song Rocket 88 with Ike Turner on the piano. Um, but the idea of rock and roll, and, and I'm going to say the idea because um, what this artist brings is not just a sound and a performance and a an aesthetic, but he creates a character that permeates 20th century American music and consequently the aesthetic of world popular music. Um, this is, of course, I'm speaking of Robert Johnson, uh, the self-proclaimed king of the Delta Blues. Um, Robert Johnson, uh, I, I try to play this music for my students and they just look at me like I'm playing, you know, whale sounds. They're just like, what the hell is this? It's so, it sounds so far away and so poorly recorded. I mean, it's recorded in one take directly to an acetate master with one microphone in 1937 and it sounds like it and they've done what they can to clean it up yeah well fun fact that's how i uh record the torture basement that's great it's true it's actually very true the tim and the the listeners to this podcast are like we're with you my man like you're the uh you're right the studio trickery on this show is pretty low-key too but um, one of the things that's important about Robert Johnson is the myth around him, right? That no, you know, he dies right before he, he's going to play Carnegie Hall. He's the first big signing of a Columbia talent scout named John Hammond, who will go on to sign uh, Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen. He's a cat with pretty damn good ears. Um, but he he dies before he can reach his fame, supposedly poisoned by a jealous lover. Um, but. He cultivates in his songs this anti-hero that will pop up all across rock and roll. Like Elvis is a sanitized version of Robert Johnson. The beat poets, Jack Kerouac wants to be Robert Johnson. Um, every, you know, Mick Jagger wants to be Robert Johnson. All of these kinds of like dark, anti-hero, dystopic uh, antagonists that we fell in love with. Every 1970s American film has a character in it that's just trying to fulfill the expectations of the character that Robert Johnson constructs in these songs. And it's what makes his art, for me, so um, compelling. I I actually think Robert Johnson's music is a little scary because of the nihilistic quality of it. Like, this is a bad guy. Song after song after... Some of the songs are funny. Like, there's a really funny song about um, milkshakes called Molten and Milk. And the Hot Tamale song, too. And the Hot Tamale song, right? Um, most of these songs, though, are about uh, being a bad person, taking advantage of people when they're down, um, coming into a town, wreaking havoc, and leaving. Um, he, is, uh, he is unapologetic in the pursuit of his desires. Like, I want to sleep with women. I want to drink whiskey. I want to have no responsibilities. And I'm on the road. I'm in motion. This is a this is a guy who who could foresee the impact of the automobile before most people had even ridden in one, right? Like he understands the allure of leaving behind all your mistakes, like being in motion, riding, riding from one road to another. The reason that there's all these markers, the hundred mile trip is because Johnson is can't stay in one place because he doesn't want roots. And the third night in town, everybody wants to kill him. So he has to be on the move, right? And that's what these songs are about. They're also unapologetically fearless in their embracing of evil as a powerful tool. He makes deals with the devil. He uh, 
he beats his um his lovers in them like the song i'm gonna play is called if i had possession over judgment day and the couplet is my woman wouldn't have no right to pray which for me is like the the most it's the most possessive lyric of all of his like he has meaner lyrics but just the idea like i will take from you your right to your own internal thoughts i will take from you your right to have faith right it's um and I doubt Robert Johnson was that person in life, like the artist and the art are. And he must have had some kind of qualities that made him desirable to people because <laughs> the stories about him is that he was beating women off with a stick in every town that he was in. But the art itself, for me, is problematic in all the ways that great American art is problematic. And it is also, I was just making the point about hybridic art. Everybody thinks that the Delta Blues guys invented slide guitar, right? Which is the sound of that bottleneck. And you'll hear it on these tracks. Like Johnson had huge hands. There's only one really good photograph of him. And he's holding a chord that the average person can't play because his hands are just gigantic. And so he's able to, to finger chords and play slide guitar at the same time, um, which is really, really difficult to do. But it turns out they just, um, this amazing book just came out two or three years ago. It turns out that all these old black bluesmen learned how to play slide guitar from Hawaiian musicians who had been kicked out of Hawaii when we took it over what? and they outlawed Hawaiian slack key ukulele and guitar playing. They went, came to America, pretended to be black minstrels and toured the country playing Hawaiian folk music. And when they got to the deep south, and played in these juke joints, these black bluesmen were like, how are you doing that thing? And when Blind Willie Johnson gives his last interview to what was essentially public radio in the 1960s, and they say, well, how did, uh -huh. you, how did you learn how to do that slide thing? He's like, you mean a Hawaiian thing? Well, the Hawaiian <laughs> guys showed it to us when they came through town. So this is already hybrid music. It's <laughs> Hawaiian folk music meets Delta blues, meets like enslaved people field chants, all smashed together. And then Johnston takes this, all of these heroic uh, Western ideas about morality and being a hero and being a stand-up person. It takes American transcendentalism and the Odyssey and just smashes them together, puts his hand in the sock and turns it inside out and says, well, what if, what if the evil guy is the guy who's cool in the winter? You don't get sympathy for the devil without this music. So I think it's worth listening to and letting you got to get over the weirdness of the sound you just have to get lost in it there are only 39 recordings there are only i think 28 original songs or 38 i can't remember what the number is but there's a couple of multiple takes they're all on spotify um but i'm going to play if i have possession over judgment today because you can hear the guitar playing the the virtuosity for the 30s and and the, this kind of otherworldly, spooky, faraway vocal approach, like it's instantly recognizable as Robert Johnson. And uh, here we go. Right to pray. 
I'm going off the neck here, ready? And the bomber, slowly walked away. I didn't like the way she talked. And the bomber, slowly walked away. I rolled and tumbled the whole night long because when I woke up in the morning, my biscuit roller was gone. I mean, that's just <laughs> these lyrics are so unapologetic. And it's problematic, right? Because Johnson invents this anti-hero and it plays in some of the tropes that have haunted black masculinity sure, since, right. right? Like he's, he's running. Like, I'm a bad guy, I'm hypersexualized, and you and I'm trouble. And that has been a source of reclaimed power or you know, NWA and a whole bunch of acts like that. And it has reflexively been something that black America, particularly black American men have had to overcome, right? Is the inherent fear of black men that Robert Johnson is dangerously trading in when he invents this art. And like all great American art, it is all complicated as hell. And I think this music sounds simple to modern audiences. It's classic 12 bar blues and it's couplets, but there's a richness and a complexity to to emotion in these songs that that is so unusual like these songs are so um psychosexually complicated lyric after lyric after lyric and it's another 40 years before pop music catches up with this i mean yeah earth angel earth angel will you be mine has nothing on any of robert johnson's lyrics or frankly (laughs) any of the other guys you mentioned like Howlin' Wolf, Muddy Waters, all those other guys you mentioned, like they're kind of, they're they're not nearly as nuanced and weird and dark and complicated and twisted as Robert Johnson is. And it's what I think has allowed him to transcend this moment and and be continually compelling, at least, yeah. at least to me. So yeah. Ben Barton. Okay. Yeah, so I, I'm thrilled. This I was going to choose uh, Robert Johnson, too. I'm a huge Robert Johnson guy. I know Jeff did the same thing that I did. Um, I had, like, the weird LP version of it, and then they came out with a box set that was just every single song that he'd ever done. Yep. And I got that box set, and I just wore it out. Um, I love all of Jeff's points on this. I'll note a couple of, of things. First, I'll note um, the legend is part of it. Like, he was not famous in his lifetime. Yes. And he died when he was 27. And then he's dug up again in 41. And then he's dug up again in 48. Like as late as the late 40s, white people in the North are like, holy shit, I traveled down to Mississippi to find Robert Johnson to get him to play. And they're like, dude, he died. Like he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Lomax <laughs> and other people are continuously going down there to try and find him. That's right. So, and then he gets to be really famous in the 60s because all of these British rock acts. And then there's this re-exhumation of him and a recreation of all of the legends. And so Sunhouse and these other dudes who were contemporaries of his get to create the legend. Yeah. And it's a total histories written by the winners thing. Like, so for example, um, Jeff told the story. There's multiple different versions of the story where he dies, where he's killed poisoned run out of town bad things by a lover there's also significant evidence that he just died of syphilis yes died of syphilis 
<laughs> equally believable not as much fun and you can see why not as much there. fun yeah that's and then rough sunhouse's Sun version of the story is he was an embarrassment he couldn't play guitar i i laughed him off the stage and then he went away made a deal with the devil and then came back and he was better than i was um which if you look at it from sunhouse's point of view it's a great great very self-serving version of yes. the story for sure it's not that he took two years and learned how to play the guitar it's that he sold the soul of the devil and that's the only reason he was better um, the other thing I'll note is the guitar work. Oh man, so good, so good. He, so among his contemporaries, I mean, among his American contemporaries, there's no doubt. Like if you listen to the Sunhouse recordings from this time, Bill Will Brunzi, any of these '30s guitar players, he's yeah. so much. He's faster. There's just like the sheer technical aspect to it. But also like the song that Jeff played and all of these songs are like this. They're syncopated. They're weird. He comes in and out. He's up at the top of the neck. He's back at the bottom of the neck. He's got these big chunky chords in there. Yep. The rhythm's moving up and down as he goes. Like it's really, really, really super weird and interesting. Jeff, is that the song you play your students? I usually play them Crossroads Blues first because they know it from Eric Clapton and Cream. They're like, oh, I know this one. And then uh, I also play Hellhound on My Trail um this one that's interesting i would choose sweet home alabama i mean uh, sweet home chicago that's the song so first of all sweet home chicago if you listen to it it's a chuck berry song like yeah it's a chuck berry song in 1937 like all of the chuck berry parts are already there it's already completely written it's got the counting it's got the sheer joy of it and of course like, <laughs> yep. i mean we'll talk about it again when we get to chicago but i mean the great migration here it is right here in 1937 yep. like this is a guy who of course all of these things are, are suppositions we think that he went to these various places i mean in, in sweet home chicago he suggested he's been to california which he's definitely there's no suggestion he no chance he went there yeah um, there is a suggestion that he might have played in chicago um, but th- the whole idea that like that was his home was really not uh, not so much. <laughs> anyway, that's the one that's most straightforward. And that's the one that sounds most like a modern song. You know what I mean? You're right. But, uh, but yeah. And in fact, I, it's recognizable as the source material for what comes next. Right. Yeah. I mean, like it's it's and it's the one that does the least amount of bar jumping. Like I said, 12 bar blues. One of the thing about Robert Johnson is sometimes it's eight. Sometimes it's 11. Sometimes it's 14. Um, the only guy who compares to him is Django Reinhardt. That's a rough yes. contemporary from Europe. But Django Reinhardt is a faster soloer, but he's his songs aren't better and his and his rhythm's not better. I mean, as a solo act, uh, I had the good great good fortune to go to the Big Ears Festival here in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I've seen Iron and Wine twice with a full band. That's the first time I'd seen him solo. I was blown away how much better he was solo. And I would imagine Robert Johnson's the same thing, right? I mean, like he get he rings it out of that instrument, like all the different noises he gets out of that instrument and his voice, just the two of them, yeah. like just right there, just and that's doing it. the whole thing. No drums, just, no oh, piano, yeah. gripping, no. yeah, gripping. Um, and you know, when you listen to it and you think about it as a technical matter, just all the action that's going on in there, and to record it live, one take, yeah, it's just fantastic. Oh, and the other thing that you, you like about it, if you're Ben Barton, is they're all recorded on seventy eights, so yeah. none of them are longer than three minutes. That's they're right, because they're just running rec- out of. But you, like, dude, you get to three minutes and three seconds, they're like, <laughs> dude, we hate you. That's oh, two fifty eight. That's and amazing. Actually, the recordings, the the ones, um, there's several ones. Jeff said there were there's two takes. The second take is two minutes. The first take <laughs> yep. is three and a half minutes, four minutes, and then you can tell. I mean, of course, we don't have any information on this, but the engineer's yeah. like, for fuck's sake, 
Robert, I told you. And then he's like, okay, fine. Here's a two-minute version. Fine. Hey, you like that? Yeah, it's so true. That's you can great. hear it. You can just hear the uh and I also love that, like, you know how hard it is to be yourself when you're being recorded. I mean, it is like if you're playing a live show and somebody holds up a camera in the back, like that's different. But like this guy's got one shot. He goes to yeah. St. Louis. Yeah. They put a microphone in front of oh, him in, a, in, in San like Antonio, a room, too. He's recorded in Texas, too. Right? And, and they're like, all right, go. And he can conjure that magic like yeah. that he can that he can. Put, he, I mean, I I cannot I, my my admiration for him, for what he was able to do and what must have been the weirdest. Like, it's got to be one of the two or three times in his life he was playing during the day for an audience like mm, and right, there was right. a one take one shot only and you know you know that there was a, a racial class component at work when they're like sit in this chair don't move here's the microphone that microphone's expensive kid you better be careful and like and in those things he cre- he creates a whole subgenre of american art out of thin freaking air i just yeah, I, i'm uh but- I'm inexhaustibly me, fascinated by this guy. Yeah. So. And you could tell, I mean, he's like, obviously he was, he must've been fantastic live because he's just playing yeah. live into a mic. Um, but there's a, there's a desperation. There's yeah. a hunger. There's a need. There's a need in these recordings. Like he's like, I have this one shot and I'm going to get it down. And um, I, I really always try and remember, and I never talk about the blues without mentioning the horrible, horrible deprivation that leads to this art like yep. don't sleep on right that at all like the misery the un like the like 1930s like the people are sharecroppers like they're just subsistence farmers getting lynched and like just held down um and so you can like obviously you can celebrate this art you can love this art but don't forget where the art comes from that's right that's exactly right and Ooh. that's what also like you talk about the great you talk about the the move to Chicago when blues gets electrified, right? Like this is, this predates, this is so elemental, right? Like the, you mentioned Alan Lomax, who is the field recorder for the Smithsonian that creates the anthology of American folk music. Like this is that same level of elemental art. Like, oh yeah, this is performance because if you don't do it, you might as well kill yourself because your life is so tough. It isn't, hey, welcome to the nightclub. We're in a city and we're a little bit safer and we've got enough money to go out on a Friday night and buy a few drinks. Like this is like juke joint one night off a year. Mm. And I'm, and I'm drinking myself miserable on purpose to forget who I am and, and how I live. And this guy mirrors it back and, and it's still entertaining. Like, yeah. yeah, Ben's. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. That's the last All crucial right. point. Well, that's a great, great talk. I, um, I bought that Robert Johnson um, set, but I I came to it late. I came to it like in Vegas. So I think I was in my uh, collection that you saw, Jeff. But before that, I had John Lee Hooker. So once I saw that he was of this particular area of the country, I wanted to go with uh, John Lee Hooker's Decoration Day. People lie at a woman 
She was just nice and kind to me most of her way. Lord, I had a woman. She was just nice and kind to me most of her way. But she died and she left me. That's why I sang the blues on every decoration day. I mean, it is funny. It is funny comparing uh, the sound of Robert Johnson to John Lee Hooker. Like, you can just tell the production value has gone up. It's like, it's like Robert Johnson invented it, and John Lee Hooker's like, oh, okay. I could take this. I could take this to the next level. I love John Lee Hooker. I actually, I almost met John Lee Hooker. I, he used to rehearse at the same studio complex as one of the bands I play with. And I was pulling into the little parking area when he was pulling out. And when I say he was, he was in his Cadillac being driven by his guy. And uh-huh. by the time I waved and say, he gave me like the little like, hello. But I mean, he was probably 88 and he's just perched on the back seat of his Cadillac, like he'd been placed there by his, I mean, he was so old and so frail by the time. What um, year is he, he born? In that set. Oh, he's born he in 17. Yeah. Um, this was Di- in like 98. Yeah, dies in Los, Los Altos. Is that it? California. Yeah. yeah Los Altos. But, um, Son of a sharecropper. So that gets to your point, Ben, that, these guys know of what they uh of what they speak. It is nine fifty one. What time did we start? Uh, we it started a long time ago. We went long. I'm it's telling you, show. we're we're gonna be cutting left and right. Oh my God! But I just want to make sure we have jobs. I don't know what that means. People love it. You you know how happy people are gonna be when they open it up. It says an hour and eleven minutes. They're gonna be like, oh, they went long. <laughs> We're gonna make somebody's. We're gonna make the last two miles of somebody's my, run so my, much happier. My daughter's gonna be like, oh, I hope they didn't laugh too much. Um, <laughs> all right, well, let's call it. Let's call uh, next week New Orleans. We're headed in that okay. direction. Let's get. I, to under- New Orleans. I understand it's a pretty musical town. So we should I, be, apparently we should they some- got uh, they got some uh, tunes down there. It's a it's a whole scene, and I've been to the laundromat where rock and roll was invented, and not your uh, Rocket eighty eight rock and roll. I'm talking about Little Richard. Nice. Have you been to that laundromat? I have not. I'm going to be the, like, I think I'm probably going to be the third most knowledgeable guy when it comes to New Orleans. It's not a city, uh, it's not a oh, wheelhouse city for me. I'm oh, psyched to do some research. Great city. Great city. Yeah, you're in for a treat, man. It's the best. All well, right, gentlemen. There. I just haven't been there enough. Hey, one thing to note about New Orleans. When yeah. we went down there, I bought tickets for all of us to a Pelicans game. Oh. And I now get a bi-weekly text from the Pelicans asking me if I want to buy season tickets. Oh, I'll bet you do. I and bet I'm you like, do. No, but how much for the team? <laughs> like I got okay, with the change in the quarters of my pocket, would I be able to buy yeah. the team? Let's go. You might be able to rename the arena if you come up with a couple extra. I can't imagine Smoothie King is going to hang in there to, to oh, support it. That's so sad. Hey, fun, uh, fun little secret to let you and the listeners in on. Uh, Flannery's birthday is coming up on Saturday. And I got her Taylor Swift tickets. Yes. We're, we're driving to Nashville and we're going to do a little father daughter getaway with T Swizzle. 
That is unbelievable. Fantastic. I love that news. Go into Music that City. Is... She's going to She's going to lose her head. It's going to be great. She's going to lose her mind. That's so great. And the show, yeah. I am so impressed. Like, I obviously, I've only seen clips, and I'm not going to see uh-huh. it, but I can't believe how um, ambitious and long the yeah, show is. Yeah, she's going. 44-song set, three hours and ten minutes. With, That's with no With no intermission. I mean, it's, stand aside Bruce Springsteen. Oh, I'm that's so great. I'm I can't so wait. impressed by it. Are you going to go, Ben? Are you going to see this tour? I'm hoping that she's going to add more dates. That's my hope. Okay. Okay. All right. I will. And do you uh, need, bring... like, you really need the podcast to start making money to pay for those tickets. So we'll, yeah, we'll do what no, we can sure. to be entertaining. <laughs> I, yeah. We're supposed to be getting a letter in the mail any day now. So we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. By the I way, this talk... is like, you're like the manager that worked with Easy E. Jack yeah, and I are like NWA. You're like, it's weird. The money doesn't come in. I'm waiting for a letter, and we're like, oh, okay. I guess we should just keep doing this for free. And Meanwhile, like, oh, he's in Nashville right. watching yeah. Taylor Swift. Like, uh, it's nothing like that. I swear. You see, night, Colonel Parker. <laughs> my basement ceiling is finished next week. You're like, wait By a way, minute. This is some BS background. He's actually oh, yeah. like. By the way, this is a picture from before. This is what it used to look like. <laughs> yeah. Right. All oh, right. God. Talk to you guys later. Well done, fellas. Thank you, friends. Love you, guys. Yep. Bye. All right. Welcome to Transforming Forty Five, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric Acid.